Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday Evening Chapel. We're here trusting in the Lord with all our hearts. Amen. Let us all stand as we worship this evening. We're privileged to have District Superintendent of the Georgia District, and also he serves on the Board of Trustees, Dr. Roy Rogers. Would you welcome him? He's Aren't you glad for that truth tonight? Amen. Wow. Life is worth a living because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we celebrate him tonight. It's a joy for me to have my good friend, Dr. Roy Rogers. And yes, he has a horse named Trigger. <laughs> As our speaker tonight, I've known uh, Dr. Rogers for many, many years now. Many years. He was a successful pastor in the Church of the Nazarene for the, for the Lord and the church asked him to serve as a district superintendent where he did in Mississippi before going to Georgia. And uh, he has been on this board now, I think, three terms, isn't it? Or is that right? Three terms. And, and this is his first term as the chairman of the board. And I hope it's not his last term as the chairman of the board. He gives outstanding leadership to our our board of trustees. Roy is a man of God and a preacher of the word, and he's going to bring God's word to us tonight. Again, let's welcome Roy Rogers. Well, the one thing about being around a while is that someday you'll outlive anyone who knows who Roy Rogers was. <laughs> I do have a horse named Trigger. My wife's name is not Dale. <laughs> On the first date, I asked Miss Betty, what's your middle name? I did not know that her middle name, and if you tell her, is this being recorded? Uh-oh. <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't watch this. Her middle name is Eudonis. No one's ever heard of it. I didn't understand. But when I asked her for a middle name, what her middle name was, I was trying to find out. So I revealed to her, if it's Dale, I'm not going to date you anymore. <laughs> I was a student at Trevecca Nazarene College with your academic dean. And um, he and I have this pact. He will not tell Trevecca stories. And if you'll see me in private, I'm joking. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. It is a delight to be here. I feel very honored and privileged. Thank you, JC. I've known that young man for a month or two. Saw him when he was dating a beautiful young lady way back there at the camp meeting. Thank you for the invitation. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 1. I realize I've got about uh, an hour and a quarter, so let's get busy here. Chapter 1, verse 9. I want you to notice there is a word that keeps repeating itself, all right? Verse 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was, baptizing, was baptized by John in the Jordan. And notice, underline it, 
immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and a spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens saying, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wonderful if he said, in you, I am pleased. Here it is again. Verse 12. Immediately the Spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with wild beasts, and the angels were ministering unto him. Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into uh, Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, present tense. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. Great next few words. Listen to this. Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Future tense. People aren't, aren't born uh, fishers of men. The Holy Spirit makes you, turns you into a fisher of men. Verse 18, here it is again. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John in his boat, who were also in the boat mending their nets. Here it is again. And immediately, are you getting the idea that there's something important about this immediate thing? Let me just pause for a minute. Uh, there's some things you really need to pray about. You really do. In fact, there's something in the Bible about fasting and praying because nothing happens in those situations without that happening. Now listen to me. There's some things you don't have to pray about. Where are all the professors? If there's a Sunday school class, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, and there's no one else that will teach the class, you don't have to pray about that. Teach the Sunday school class. Moving along since I got such a stir there. <laughs> Immediately, they left their nets. Immediately, verse 20, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. They went into Capernaum, here it is again, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And now, I can, now it, it reveals to us, he's obviously talking about a Nazarene church, all right? Because they were amazed at his teaching. They've only been looking for him for thousands of years, and Jesus shows up down at the synagogue, and they don't know who he is. That's important because we're a little farther on the Sabbath he preaches, they're amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them as one having authority. If you don't have the authority, you're giving a speech. The difference between a good speech and a good sermon is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is there, and he's teaching to the Pharisees and, and all those persons, and all of a sudden they are amazed because there's something about his preaching that's different. Not like the scribes. 
Read a little farther. Jesus, and just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. Now, that represents an unholy person being thing. And he said, Jesus, now get this. If you don't hear anything else, and you'll hear it again, but you've got to get this. And he says to Jesus, what are you doing here? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Isn't that amazing, church? The devil knew who he was, but the church didn't recognize him. God help us. Read a little farther. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of Israel. And Jesus, I love this. And Jesus rebuked the enemy saying, are there any children here? Well, I'll read it the way it is in the Bible, and then I'm going to tell you what it means in the street language today here in Colorado Springs. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Now, if we were on the streets of Colorado Springs today, this is, I'm trying to find a child for I say this because my wife would spank me if I, there's no children. This is what it would mean today in our language. Sit down and shut up and get out. And here's the amazing thing, church. Listen to this. He went out and threw himself on the ground, convulsions gripping him with the unclean spirit, cries out and says with a loud voice, get out of here. Okay, read a little farther. And the church was amazed. So they were amazed, and they began to debate. Now that's a politically correct term for they had a world-class argument. I pastored something like that. They were amazed, so they began to debate among themselves, saying, what in the world is this? A new teaching with authority. See the difference? People have been preaching didn't have the authority, the Holy Spirit's anointing. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Want to build a great church? Get the power of God, the authority. Don't go to another church growth seminar. Lord, I'm so tired of those. Verse 28. I didn't say that, did I? I did. Immediately the news about him spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. And immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was laying sick with a fever. Here it is again. And immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand. And the fever left her. And she sat down, Dr. Graves, and griped about everything that was going on in the church from the second pew that she claimed the moment she got up from the altar. Lord, forgive me. I pastored a church after your dad. Don't tell anybody where it was. And it had this beautiful edifice. And there, were, there was a lady over there. There was a lady right there and a lady over there. And they always griped about the temperature in the room. The church was either, and you probably know who I'm talking about, it was either too hot, it was too hot, 
and the preacher sitting on the platform, and I'd get a note, it's too hot in here, do something. And then I'd get another note from the other side of the church saying, literally saying, I am freezing to death. Turn that air conditioner off or I'm going home. And then I would get a note from the center, and, and, and they would say something. Don't listen to either one of those old women. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so I called Brother Leonard. And I said, I want you to go out. I want you to buy me two thermostats. He said, now, Pastor, don't listen to those women. They've been treating people that way for years. I said, just go get me the two thermostats. Pastor, look at this beautiful ambiance. You can't run thermostats in our sanctuary. I said, why? Run them where? I just want to put them in the wall. <laughs> he said, but where? How are you going to run all those wires? I said, what wires? Just getting thermostats. I'm not, you ask Betty. Note comes up the following Sunday. I walked over and looked at her and she went, Here came the note from the other side. I walked over and she went, Never did please a woman in the center. Just never did get her straight. Folks, she got up from her bed. And she began to serve. It's not a popular term today, but when Jesus Christ saved you and I, he saved us to get out of bed and get out there to the needy people and work with them and explain what God can do in his healing spiritual power. She waited on them. Verse 32. When evening came after the sun had set, and they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. Get this, verse 33. And the whole city gathered at the church's door. Hello, are you out there? When something out of this world begins to happen in your churches, guys and little gals, listen to me. When something starts happening that's out of this world, the people will come, if for no other reason, just out of curiosity, to see what's going on. City gathered at the door. Verse 34, and he healed many who were ill, various diseases, and cast out demons. And he was not permitted. I love this. Dr. Graves, listen to this. And Jesus was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Guys, if you're going to have a shouting spell, that'd be a good place to have one right there. Are you, are you kidding me? The demons, even the devils, have to listen to Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. He is God. He was not permitting, permitting them to speak because they knew who he was. Now get it. In, in the early morning, I'm going to hurry. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Now young theologues, you need to hear this. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. And if the very Son of God thought it was important enough that he get out of bed early in the morning, get along with his father, 
Hello, are you listening? Oh, but Brother Roy, you have forgotten what it's like to be a student and work. No, I worked two full-time jobs, and I went to Trevecca at the same time because Miss Betty and I could never have children. We were married on August 26, 1966, and August the 1st, 1967, Gary, that which could not happen was handed to me. Life is full of surprises. But oh, if you will listen, please. If you will let the Holy Spirit handle your impossible situations, life can be fun. Read a little farther. Jesus was praying. You know, I've got such a weird mind. I just wonder where the disciples were. Uh oh. Look what it says. Simon and his companions searched for Jesus. And they found him and they said to him, Jesus, everybody is looking for you. And then Jesus makes a very strange statement. Now, you need to understand. Listen to this. Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Jesus says, okay, let's go somewhere else. I, I don't know, and I'm going to take a little poetic license, so don't tell any of the theological professors here, okay? But I can just imagine if that was to take place and I was there and I was listening, I'd probably hear something like this. But Jesus, you're not listening. I'm here to help you, son. Everybody is looking for you. Jesus, you could be elected president. Jesus, you could be elected, you could become the king. And Jesus says, I don't want to be the king. I don't need to be crowned king. I am the king of kings. Read a little farther. But Jesus, do you not understand? Son, we could start a TV ministry. Oh, that isn't in there, is it? Can you imagine somebody, and I'm not going to call any TV evangelist by name, but can you imagine somebody coming to a guy who's on, on the TV and everything's going great and saying to him, okay, now Jesus, what do you mean you're going to? Preacher, what do you mean you're going to? You could be on TV. Think of all the money you could raise. Think of all the good you could do for God. And Jesus said, Let's go somewhere else, to the towns nearby, so that I may preach there also. Get it now, and please underline this. For this is what I came for. I didn't come to be a king. I came to be the servant. And old people, hear me. You are not going to be Lord because someone... Uh, ordains you an elder in the church of the Nazarene. You're not going to be able to run things. You become a slave to everyone in the church, in your community. But Jesus, we left everything to follow you. We packed up our bags and we took our kids to Colorado Springs. Jesus, we could be, I don't want to be, And he went to their synagogues throughout all of Galilee, preaching and casting out the demons. 
And that would be a good place to stop. But I'm not. Because the next part is where I've really been trying to... See, I want you to understand this, this awesome, trustworthy Jesus. Look at verse 40. And a leper. Who does a leper represent in the Bible? All of the impossible situations in life. There was no hope. If you had leprosy, they threw you out of the town. You lived in caves. They, they found an island to put you on. If you lived in the water, you were gone, man. Nobody wanted anything to do with it. And look at what Jesus, Jesus comes, the leper comes to Jesus, beseeching him, falling on his knees before him and saying, Jesus, if you were just willing, you could cleanse me and make me whole. If you were just willing, and moved with compassion, Jesus pulls a no-no. He didn't call the district superintendent and get authorization to do this. He didn't call the board of general superintendents and get a ruling. He didn't call, never mind, another about the college president. And Jesus reaches out, verse 41, and his, with his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. Verse 42. And immediately leprosy, the impossible, hopeless loneliness, the situation that no one can help with is changed. The leprosy left him. Now, somewhere out there, you're going to encounter a situation that you're not going to know how to handle. And your education will not prepare you for it. And the calling of God will be the only thing that you have to stand on. You'll want to run. You'll want to go back to wherever you came from. You can get away. There's a lot of things easier. I'm going to tell you, pastoral ministry today is the toughest job in the world. But remember, when you get to that moment and that situation that you just want to throw up your hands and quit, the devil's talking to you. So why don't you say to him, Mr. Devil, sit down and shut up. And then get out. Jesus is the hope of glory. He's all powerful. It is Jesus and the Holy Spirit that has called you. It is Jesus and the Holy Spirit's power that will sustain you no matter what's happening. And there'll be times, I'm sure our president could list, I mean, sheets of situations that developed on this campus. He, he didn't really know how to handle it. He got on his knees and he prayed. And it is amazing. It is amazing when we understand and realize who Jesus is. I, you and I, can do all things. This amazing Jesus through him. Oh Lord, I pray tonight that your word would grip the students, the professors, the district superintendent. It's amazing to me that the church was amazed 
They were looking for you. God, we need you so desperately to come into our country and in our world. And oh, Jesus, sensitize us to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Give us an expectation tonight that wherever God, the Holy Spirit, leads us, that his power will sustain us. And Lord, change the world through us. Make us the instruments in the hand of a mighty God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we would ask or think. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.